You're listening to episode six of the Fuel Your Fire podcast. Today, we're talking about the difference between self-improvement and self-care. Hey, I'm Alicia Wood, and I've spent the past 10 years studying self-betterment. I went from lacking confidence as an overweight, socially anxious outsider to becoming a fitness pro and building a thriving wellness community rooted in fitness, play, and mindset. When it comes to wellness, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, which is why each week I'm going to bring you a different perspective on all things mind, body, soul. This is the Fuel Your Fire podcast. Today's guest is Gracie Obahovich, a true gem of a person. She is extremely open and honest and very relatable. And you can really tell that she practices what she preaches when it comes to self-care. So she's a self-care coach. She's a group facilitator. She's a retreat leader and the author of Self-Carefully. She is a incredible person. And you're going to hear the story of how we know each other um, coming up, which I'm really excited that you're going to hear. We recorded this episode in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown where we were on a Facebook Live. So if you hear us referring to any comments or anything like that, that's what's going on. We were able to see each other throughout this. Um, But just so you know what's going on and why some things may not make exactly 100% sense. Now you get it. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Gracie, I'm so excited that you're here. Sorry about butchering your last name. You did great. <laughs> you did great. Thank you for having How me here, you? Alicia. It's what it thinks of for that beautiful introduction, too. Oh, my goodness. So for people who don't know, Gracie was a large part of mine and um, Jordan, who's my husband's wedding. Um, we, <laughs> yeah. We got married just over five years ago in Costa Rica in the middle of a yoga retreat, which Gracie was leading with another facilitator, Sarita. And I fond, fond memories, but I also really remember you leading us through a meditation on our wedding day, which was just so, so beautiful to have you part of that day. Oh God, I might start to cry. I refuse. I, was I will not do this. Um, but yeah, you such a huge part and just your presence throughout that weekend, you and Sarita were so beautiful and really the work that you've been doing over the years, helping people feel really great inspired me a lot to move into it. Cause at that point I wasn't even a fitness instructor yet. I was en route to it, but I hadn't even made that shift into actually being able to help people. So you were a, a large, large influence on that. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's been really wonderful to watch what you're doing and of the people that you're helping. It's so exciting. And I love your energy around all of all of Camp Fuel. Oh, thank you. Okay, so it, can you explain to everybody who's um, watching or listening that what what you do as a self care coach and, and community facilitator? Yes, of course. So I help people short answer is I help people with their self care. And when I first started doing my work, I was teaching yoga full time and I was getting really interested in Ayurveda, which for those who don't know, that's the sister science to yoga. The oldest written documents ever Ayurvedic texts about how to take care of yourself. So I started to learn Ayurveda. I was really looking for something in my life that that structured me, that grounded me, that connected me to myself, that gave me a place to integrate my, my emotions and my spiritual life, as well as like my body and my physical health. 
And when I found Ayurveda and started studying it, I was like, this is it. This really ancient thing is like what I need today in this modern world. So I, I designed this program to help some of my yoga students learn Ayurvedic daily rhythms. And it was a 10-week program. I called it Self-Care 101. And I, I took the people through it, expecting people just to get better habits. And they did get that. And they did get good daily routines. But this whole other thing started to happen, which was about what happens when we start showing up in community and we start sharing ourselves, and we start talking about the places that we struggle. And people made these breakthroughs that I, like when we would have our sharing circles at retreats, I would have to go in the other room and be like, I'm overwhelmed by what's happening because I don't, this is not what I designed. This is not what I intended. It's so much more than that. Yeah. So a lot of what I've been trying to do over these past five years is, um, is reverse understand it to be like, why is this so powerful that when we get together, especially as women, when we talk about self-care, when we sit in a circle, when we talk about what's real for us, why is that so healing? And what I've come to understand is there are these different layers of self-care and one of them, which has really emerged through my work, is around community. So understanding that we, it's not a singular practice. It's not something we can practice by ourselves, but it's something that we have to practice together. So I call myself a self-care coach, and I definitely work with people on their habits and the places they get stuck in themselves like you do. And then I also really see myself as a community facilitator of just being able to um, provide a space for people to come and practice self-care together because it, I feel like that final layer of that community is where people really feel like they make that breakthrough in themselves to really feel like themselves and really take care of themselves. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so many people maybe haven't found their community yet. That's like also another thing is like finding community is so, so huge. So the fact that you are there facilitating being like, okay, I've got this community that you're welcome in that we can help each other in is, is incredible. Oh, I love that. Okay. And then we're also chatting about the difference between self-improvement and self-care. So you obviously work in the self-care space, but I'd love to know what you see as the difference between the two. It's, it's so subtle that people, I think, use these terms interchangeably. And I think it is the crux of where we get stuck and why we feel like we can do so many different things to kind of work on ourselves. But we mm -hmm. still feel at the end of the day, like we don't, we don't really like what we're seeing. And I see self-improvement really founded in what is perfectionism. I will always be grateful to the work of Brene Brown. She wrote a great book called The Gifts of Imperfection. If you've not read it, I highly recommend it. Because I read that book and I always saw perfectionism as this thing that was a really positive thing in myself. And I read the book kind of like hand on face. This is the thing that's kept me from everything I really want, which is connection, which is feelings of intimacy with other people, which is feelings of like even liking myself. And so I started to look back at everything that I'd done around self-care. And I was like, I was just trying to fix myself. And I was operating under this flawed premise that there was something wrong with me that needed to be fixed. And I think that's a lot of what we work with in a culture, which is really founded on perfectionism. If I just lose the weight, if I just get my anger under control, if I just meet the perfect person, if I just move into the right house... And it's like, we can do all those things, we can check the list, but if we're not doing it from a spirit of actually caring for ourselves... And then it's, it, we're still just going to feel like we're, there's more to do. It's a hamster wheel. And the thing about perfectionism is no matter where we set the bar, once we achieve that, the bar just moves higher. So we always feel like we're not good enough. And, and uh, my therapist has this phrase that I love, which is we come by things honestly. And so just important, I always want to say we come by this honestly. We're raised in a perfectionist society. We're taught perfectionism from an early age. If you grew up in a family where there was any kind of dysfunction, you probably doubled down on perfectionism. And so that's where that self-improvement comes from. We're just trying so hard. And what I found with self-care 
is that it's it's not about I will take care of myself when I fix all this stuff. It's like right now, radical self-care in the moment, you know, warts and all, what do I need? Do I need to go to bed? Do I need to talk to a friend? Do I need to just like put up all the boundaries and be my, by myself for a while? But I found that when we stop trying to fix ourselves and really care for ourselves, it comes from this different place. And the, um, the paradoxical thing that happens is that people realize that they don't really want to fix themselves in the first place that all the places that were feeling imperfect or messy or chaotic or whatever it was, that those are actually places of genius in ourselves. That if we can just embrace them and a large part of what a community can do is help you to be able to see yourself in a new way to be like, no, that thing in you that you're judging so hard is actually really beautiful and powerful. If you take care of it, if you kind of like practice a a little bit of um, mindfulness around it. What ways do you usually recommend like practicing mindfulness around? Like, how do you become aware of this? I I think part of it is just self-awareness. And it can feel like just feel like pay attention to yourself. <laughs> like duh. Yeah. But it's so hard to do. And that yeah. is what I there's so many hard things about this moment in time when we're in quarantine. But the one thing that I think is such an opportunity for us is that we've taken away this distracted life that we live. And I know I'm like the overscheduler, like just my Google calendar is filled and I'm busy all the time. And if I rush and I don't have to pay attention to myself, that's my thing where I really start losing my self-care. And so what this moment is, is that we can slow down. And, and the hard thing about mindfulness is it's not like we do mindfulness and we start to say like, oh, I really like myself. It's like, usually we have to deal with all those layers of the defensiveness and like, can I, can I cuss here? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. I call it the <laughs> voice in your head. It's like, we have to really start to listen to that voice in our head to be like, I'm so mean to myself. I'm so hard on myself. But once we can start to understand what that is, it, it starts to take its power away. So when it's operating unconsciously, mm-hmm. subtly under the surface, we're just like throwing these punches at ourselves and we don't even know what we're doing. And once we have a little vocabulary, so I, I invite you, if you don't have a name for that thing in your head, use the voice in your head. We all have it. It's not personal to you. It's this, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's just there. And just to understand, like, it's telling me all this stuff. And that's why I think showing up again with other people, because when you hear someone else talk about the voice in their head, you're like, oh, wait, you, that happens to you too. And that, okay, that's not just me. And what is that? And where does that come from? And all of a sudden we start to like, take a perspective on it rather than it just controlling us. We start to like understand it. And it's not a fast process. I think I've been working on this stuff for years and it, it slows down the, the process, but it's still there. I still have days where I go into my spirals. But part of it is just for me always feeling like I'm on the trajectory of feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm learning more about myself. I'm liking myself more. I'm becoming more of a friend of myself. So I don't, ha- I don't have like a four-step process that will fix this in 10 weeks. But I do know that the more that we strengthen the muscle of self-awareness rather than the muscle of um, self-adulation, we'll start to feel more like ourselves and, and more like what we're looking for. I spent a large portion of my life yo-yoing with my weight. I would lose weight and then gain it back and then some. I had like four different pant sizes in my closet that I would rotate through. Sound familiar? If you've ever said I'll eat healthy on Monday or that's it, I'm gonna start going to the gym regularly but didn't keep it up permanently, you're not alone. The good thing is I've got a program to help you get past that and actually lose the weight you want to lose. I ended up losing 60 pounds and keeping it off, finally. And I'm gonna show you how you can get the same results I did by setting the right goal for you. And I'm sharing it absolutely free. 
Most people don't actually know what they want to achieve or why. This program will help you go deeper and figure out what it is you actually want so that you can get excited about it and achieve it. Head to campfuel.ca slash mindset to snag your course. This course is worth $79, but I'm giving it to you absolutely free. You'll walk away from this course with confidence to actually get into the size you want to be. Head to campfuel.ca slash mindset to register now. For me, for the longest time, I wasn't self-aware. And just as you were saying, like I would just rush through things and like bury down anything that I, I mean, I lived in anxiety and guilt for in my past, like so much. And then when you start to find these ways to tune in to like that, that voice in your head, you're just kind of like, okay, that's cool. Maybe, but maybe I'm just not going to believe that today. Maybe that's not the truth. And then do you find that habits are involved in this like is it habitual to get into like a self-care routine or how do you how do you kind of think about habits within this world yeah because it's you can't take that part out because this is what my work is started on was like habit change and routines and building routines for yourself and it, it's not it's it's so much more than that and yet that habit change and those routines i think really are the foundation that holds all this other our ability to do this deep inner work that that is the self-care so uh, what I've also found to be the antidote to perfectionism is this concept called Kaizen. Okay. And it's a, it's a Japanese word and it means good change, small change, continuous change. It's actually a business philosophy, which uh, companies like Toyota were founded upon. And, it, and it's the mm -hmm. idea that instead of making the biggest possible change that we can, we're trying to make the smallest, most strategic little tweak so we can make the system run a little bit better. And for those of us who are very kind of mired in perfectionism, that's going to feel really hard because we want our biggest loser moment. We want the three steps in 10 weeks and then we're done with this work. And that's not how it goes. Rather, it's shifting our whole operating system from trying to fix ourselves and, you know, make these huge changes that we don't live up to and then get flooded with all this guilt and shame, like you said. And we're shifting it to this other operating system, which is about going slow, uh, really paying attention to ourselves, trying new things, rewarding ourselves when it's going well, when it's not going well, like trying again. And, and yet I have found that when we can really embrace Kaizen or just this idea of small changes, such as instead of waking up an hour earlier in the morning, like really trying to like wake up five minutes or 10 minutes earlier, and then like get really excited about your ability to do that. But people that can embrace that, they make actually huge changes and like, a relatively short amount of time but it's like giving up the dream that you could just like flip the switch and fix it a lot of us are taught to fix things um, with willpower willpower is a very easily exhaustible thing in ourselves anyone who has sat in front of a plate of brownies telling themselves they're not going to eat it and then later that night like just binged on them knows the exhaustible power of willpower yeah. so it's shifting from willpower into this other way of being uh, and but what I found is that like, even though my ego is kind of disappointed by Kaizen, like my spirit is so fed by it. Cause it's like when I can just sort of like fall in love with the process, yeah. I learn so much about myself. I learn so much about life. I really feel like I'm in my life rather than just skating over the surface of it. And, and I'll just say one more thing about it is that yeah. they've, you know, done studies with children in school that they, that they're taught like the 
the kids that kind of learn, I have to get the right answer on the test. I have to like never make a mistake. They have such a harder time learning things than the kids that are like into the process of learning that are taught to like enjoy the process to understand the setbacks is like something that's important for your creative process, that they're able to learn so much more and become lifelong learners. Whereas the people that are the kids that are in the perfectionism of just trying to get it right, they, they get more blocks as they go on and they have a hard time being lifelong learners. So this is stuff that we come by honestly, because I know that I was taught in school just to get the A. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like I was, I didn't enjoy learning until, until recently. Like in within, like there was a long part of my life where I was working and and just I didn't ever do any research into like what I was doing to like be the best at it for real. And now I'm in this place where I'm like, oh man, what I'm learning about every single day is just incredible, and it it fuels me totally yeah. i love that i love the small habit change like the idea of the small like the five minutes early that's just like it's huge it's even if it's like what like whatever it is that you want to implement in your life instead of going like i'm going to work out five days a week it's like well maybe maybe you end up working out like once for 20 minutes and then the next and like slowly adding it in rather than yeah, five days a week for an hour. It's just like, oh my gosh, who wants to keep up with that? Like it falls off quite quickly once you once you get into it. So I love that idea of going slowly. Gracie, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we head out? Well, I, I did want to show people the book that you talked yes. about. Yes. Really my book. I, I, before any of this worldwide pandemic thing started, I had this vision um, along with the, the people that I created this book with called Self Carefully. And it's an illustrated book filled with vignettes beautiful. all about self-care it's a really beautiful book and it's i made it alongside maria habib who was our illustrator and designer you can see just every single illustration in this is is like oh, so intentional and amazing and then thick beautiful. press which is a small press here in dc and it, they focus on books for people who really want to take care of themselves in a new way Nice. So we had this vision that we really wanted to put the what I've been teaching into a way that someone could just hold it in their hands when they're having one of those days to like open up like randomly like I need something and just to mm -hmm. read and kind of get a little reset. And it's it's a lot like writing a book is really interesting. I'm, I'm sure you will write a book someday. And like I, I, mm -hmm. I, I think it really helps you it helped me to understand what I was doing in a whole new way and understand what this vision was. And when I when I put all these vignettes together and I you write the introduction to a book last is what I found out because mm -hmm. you have to see what you're mm -hmm. writing and then you're like, this is what it is. So when I wrote the introduction, I was like, it makes sense. We need a way to move forward. We're stuck as a culture. We're stuck as a society right now. We need a way to move forward because this perfectionism thing is we're seeing the limitations. We're also lonely. We're also addicted. We're also disconnected from ourselves. And I think self-care rather than being this really selfish act, it's, it's actually the way that we show up for each other when I can know who I am, I can know who you are and we can show up in a real way. And so the, the, in the introduction, I wrote that self-care can be our compass because I don't know what's ahead more than ever. I don't know what's ahead, but I do know that if I can stay grounded in what is real and what's happening, that I can be of service. And so I, I was just so happy. I just had my second child three months ago. So I've, I'm just coming out of maternity time. Thank you. And um, I was so happy to kind of get this book out in the world before that because I knew I'd be taking a little bit of a break. And now I'm like, I'm so glad we got this book out because I, I think for a lot of people who feel like they're just quarantined at home, really struggling, this is just a little thing that you could have that, that could help you like orient from a new way. So I'm really proud of this yeah. and excited about sharing it. So I want to thank you for letting me 
talk about it here too. Oh my gosh, of course, of course. And how can people find it? People can order, you can order it on Amazon if you want, but I really like bookshop.org. Have you heard of this? Okay. No. It's it's like the um, Amazon for independent bookstores and they will show yeah. you if you have a bookstore that's nearby you and you can, um, and if they do, a lot of bookstores that are independent, they, they're shipping really quickly. And I think it's a, a great moment to be supporting independent bookstores. Absolutely. I just drove past a bookstore this morning that I'd never see. I was on a bike ride adventure through Toronto. And I was like, I just want to explore as if it's my first time seeing this city. And I found this bookstore and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out more about it because it was just so gorgeous. Oh, I know books and a big part of what this book was about and what thick press the publisher was about is is like you want something you could hold in your hands because reading and Mm -hmm. feeling and touching we're such an like online world that there's something magical and powerful about holding a beautiful book in your hands. So even if it's not this book, I invite everybody to look at their local bookstores and see how you can support them, because if we lose them, I think we're going to be losing a big piece of what makes our culture great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Tracy. Like I, you, I, you have no idea how much I appreciate you being here. I know you're so busy with everything going on in your world with a newborn. So thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Alicia. And again, I'm just so inspired by what you're doing and the energy and the enthusiasm. And I, I really feel that that desire you have to help people understand who they are and how powerful and strong and beautiful they are. Yeah. And I, I think yeah, this this movement of self-care, it's it's not like my work and your work. It's like this is it's a collective work because it's a deep shift that we need to make. And I think all of us are kind of chipping away at it. So thank you for what you're doing and for anyone who's listening to this conversation, because I know you're in there like chipping away at it, too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It was nice seeing you. I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Oh, thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. I saw a story recently that a server friend of mine posted online. It was around the holidays and she was serving 10 wonderful women dinner at a restaurant that she worked at. They ate, they laughed, they enjoyed their time. And at the end of the meal, they gave her a $1,000 tip. This was far more than what the bill was. These 10 strangers decided that instead of gifting each other gifts for Christmas, they would gift a random stranger $1,000. How incredible is that? Can you imagine how all 10 of those women felt? How the person who accepted that gift felt? And how it completely changed her day, if not week, if not year, if not life? That's an incredible moment. You have the opportunity to make my day right now by subscribing to this podcast. And if you loved it, giving it a five-star review. And heck, share it with a friend. It'll probably really make their day too.